I'm your host, Arrow Kopak, and you're listening to the podcast MP3, Mastering Personality, Perspective, and Productivity. To kick off our topic of personality, let's start off with a quote. Roger? Yeah, and this quote this week is from someone we know. Here's the quote. Awareness is the first step, and it should never be the last. That's from Ariel. It's from Ariel Kopak. Awareness is the first step, and it should never be the last. I wasn't sure how I felt about being quoted yeah, there. Yeah, I, I love that, I love that quote. It. So I'm familiar with awareness as the first step, right? We've heard that before. I like what you added. It should never be the last. That makes me think of moving forward, progress, always learning. Mm-hmm. Why did you add that, that last piece, that it should never be the last? What I find is that awareness provides so much opportunity. It gives us the why. It helps us to understand how things came to be. And if you don't like how things are and you've identified how they came to be, then you can do something about it. But awareness itself is not action. Awareness is understanding of how things came to be. And the part of it should never be the last is you now have the opportunity, the power, the tools to make it different if you want it to be different. So it should never be the last is the piece of you're now empowered to do something about it. Don't stop there. Don't stop with potential power. Right. Turn it into something kinetic, right? Yes. For going back to <laughs> elementary school science, right? We can build up this energy, but we need to let it out. That's the kinetic part, right? Where we should do something about it, execute on it. That's what's really Absolutely. neat, right? I can think about it all day long, but unless I actually act on it, that's where some of that true value you comes into play. Yes, the focus is on the action. Awareness is important and it's challenging, but then there's the action that comes after it. And that feeds really nicely into what we wanted to talk about today, which is this idea about personality assessments and the value of personality assessments, what they are, the different kinds a little bit. So we're going to talk a little bit about the ones you and I are most familiar with and a little bit about why we like them, what the good, the bad may be from them, and then we'll come back to the good. So what are some of the personality assessments out there and why do we look at them? So there's a ton out there and they are just continuing to grow is what I find. A lot of them though are in some ways reiterations of existing assessments because they're taking the themes or understanding the principles of what exists and redistributing, reorganizing that in a a receivable format. Right, right. Some of the ways that we can consume them in a palatable way, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense to us. Absolutely. Yeah, so some of the ones that I think I am most passionate and familiar with are the ones such as Myers-Briggs, personality type, the Enneagram. There's also many others out there that I enjoy that are a little bit more of the trait characteristic focus. Mm-hmm. Myers-Briggs and Enneagram are more focused on the personality type. That's about understanding where you've come from, kind of how that formed, what those poles or tendencies right, are. Right. There's certainly other ones out there, colors, disc, those kinds of things. Yes. So what is the purpose behind these assessments? Why do we take them? And I think it runs the gamut from individuals taking them to mm-hmm. you and I have talked also about like corporations using them. Maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. The number one thing that these assessments can provide is awareness. That's why we chose the quote today, right? Awareness is key. And with the awareness, you can learn what to do about it. Now, what people choose to do with it can be great and powerful and impactful. 
It can also be damaging and detrimental. Mm-hmm. These are tools. They're tools for awareness or tools for development. But the, at the end of the day, they are tools. And tools can be used really well to build things. And they can also use, be used really poorly to break things. They can. They can. So we hear a lot sometimes, and these are interesting times right now we're talking about where the job market is pretty tough, a lot of high unemployment. And so we've talked a little bit about, for example, recruiters using them mm-hmm. or companies using assessment tools as placement type tools. Yes. What do you think about that? Again, they are tools that can be used well or can be misused. And I think the important thing is to make sure that whoever is using the tool is really well informed on how to use it properly. Sure. These assessments, of all the ones that I know of at least, were never built or meant for a filtering tool without exploration, explanation, a conversation. They're awareness tools. So they're a tool for exploring the conversation. It's a great platform for knowing what direction to go in, what questions to ask, how to further understand the person, because this is displaying some of the awareness. What I find is the challenge is when it's used as a filtering tool without that exploration or explanation, and especially if it's the wrong tool, meaning if it's a personality type assessment that is how someone is naturally hardwired or what their natural preference is, that doesn't mean that that's how they always show up or that that's always going to be what they want to do or what they're capable of. That's not what it's about. It's about understanding someone and saying, okay, how do we best work together? How do we support you? What are your tendencies or struggles? What lifts you up? Right. And how aware are you even? That can be a great question too. If you're using it as an awareness tool, it's a way to ask someone, how aware are you? Because if someone's more aware, then they can have that conversation about how to adapt to the environment and what will work best and what will not. That's so true. You and I have talked about these being tools of insight, Mm -hmm. which is really neat. So let's talk a little bit about the individual part. So when you've taken these or you've dived into these tools, they've given you some insight about yourself. I've taken them and they've given me some insight into myself. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about where these insights can sometimes come in conflict <laughs> with each other, what we read about and what we know about ourselves. Yes. Is there a story that you have that maybe illustrates that? Absolutely. And I think this helps to clarify that there's oftentimes a lot more going on behind the scenes or in depth beyond just a number or a type. So. Mm-hmm. My Enneagram number is three with a two wing. Now that means I'm the achiever with the helper wing. Mm -hmm. And a way to kind of understand that for those who aren't familiar with Enneagram is the way I see it is the wing is kind of how you channel your core number, right? So you channel it into a little bit. So digging into the story, I was having a conversation with a friend completely unrelated to personality type. That was not a part of the conversation at all. But I was on a walk with a friend and I was sharing with her about how I was uncovering and discovering my fear of success. So oftentimes we talk Mm. about fear of failure, but fear of success is a very real and true thing too. Sure it is. So I was talking with her about my fear of success and saying, I struggle with achieving or succeeding and the thought of achieving and succeeding. And I'm not 
fully sure why. I'm a little bit, but I'm not fully sure why. And so I started to share that I had these experiences growing up of when I would achieve or succeed, I would always notice who it impacted negatively around me. Oh, that's an interesting perspective. Go on. Yeah. When I would qualify for something that perhaps had a cutoff. For example, when I qualified to be in the choir in my elementary school, and I guess at this time they weren't giving participation awards because you really had to qualify in order to be (laughs) in the choir in elementary school in this fifth grade choir. And I qualified and I would acknowledge those who didn't, including family member. I felt bad Mm -hmm. for qualifying when this family member and other people in my class did not. Yeah. And that's your empathy coming out, right? Mm -hmm. And so then there was a part of me of feeling guilty for succeeding in that way or receiving something because I felt bad for those who then did not. And I saw it right or wrong. I saw it as because I received, they did not. Now, whether or not they would have, regardless if I had or not, that's a whole other thing. But in my mind, that's what it meant. Then going on into other experiences in life, there were other circumstances of that, such as qualifying in a school program or getting a certain grade on test. Actually, one of the ones that hit me the most was when I was in a math class in high school and my teacher had shared to the class that I screwed up the curve for the test because I had happened to ace this one. And one of the cheerleaders on my cheerleading squad, I knew she was struggling to pass the class. And if she didn't pass, she wouldn't pass high school. What a conflict, right? You're achieving. You make this great grade, but it's hard to enjoy the success Mm -hmm. because of the context and what you know is going on. You know what it meant for your friend. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh my goodness. So continual pattern of whenever I achieved, I looked around and saw who did I negatively impact by achieving. Right. But remember, I'm a type three achiever in the Enneagram. Right. So when I share this with my friend about the experiences of me remembering all of these times when I achieved and I saw it as negatively impacting someone else, we talked through a little bit and she said, I'm sure that that person doesn't even remember that. And I said, that's true. And I would bet that my family member didn't even remember that we had a choir in elementary school, <laughs> most likely. Right? But for me, those stuck and they stuck strongly. I remember mm-hmm. those memories vividly. So when I shared these memories with my friend and my observation, she thought that was really interesting. And she said, do you have a two wing? And my <laughs> said, uh, yes, I'm a three with a two wing. And she said, ah, okay, that's what's happening here. She said, you sound a lot like the two, the helper you want to help, you want to serve. And when you are achieving, you are interpreting that as not serving. And so there's this conflict. I said, that's exactly what's happening. Oh my goodness. There's a conflict between the three achiever and the two, the helper. Mm -hmm. They're in conflict with one another because of my experiences that caused me to perceive that when I achieve, I am doing the opposite of helping. Right. What a story. Thank you for your vulnerability and sharing that. Because when we look at, there's so many words that come to mind when we think about what an achiever type might be, Mm -hmm. right? If you just look at it on the face of it right now, there are 150 people listening. They're going to have 150 different definitions of what achiever is. And they're going to have 150 expectations and assumptions about who you should be and what you should be. 
mm-hmm. now with the understanding and just the little bit that we've been sharing, you've been sharing with us, right? A three with a two wing, right? This is what the Enneagram is about. And that's what this assessment gives us insight into, right? Mm -hmm. So if I know that now about you, Ariel, right? I know that you're an achiever with a two wing. That opens up a dialogue just to circle back to what we were talking about before. That can help frame a conversation that you and I have about another situation that might come up where you're faced with success. And yet, if I perceive that you're in conflict over it, mm-hmm. it may open up a door for us to talk about, well, is that the helper part of you coming into play? What's going on in your mind there that might be doing that? It's very right. interesting. The story that I had when I shared with you my Enneagram type, which yes. you pegged perfectly, <laughs> I am a seven in the Enneagram, and mm-hmm. that is the enthusiast. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, wow, that's fantastic. I just walk around life all kinds of happy, right? Isn't that what that means? Isn't that what that's supposed to mean? Uh, I mean, that's something I think is the enthusiast. Yeah. Enthusiasm was a bit of a cue, but it takes more than that. It does take more than that. That alone does not define you. No, it doesn't. There's more to me than that. There's more to you than, than being the achiever. Mm-hmm. What was interesting is as you explore these personality types, and we encourage this for people listening, read about them and see if you can see yourself in there. What traits come up for you? What are your high spots? What are your low spots? What are some areas that sometimes they call that double-edged sword or they call it, Mm -hmm. you're either on the top floor or the basement. What's the top floor of your type? What can be the bottom floor? What are some things you need to watch out for? And one thing I read about was the enthusiast might have a lot of energy Mm -hmm. and that energy, you know, like I might want to just have that energy a lot. Mm -hmm. And yet what I found out was that I might be tiring people out. Right. And so one of the miscues I had was that people were tuning me out and I needed to do it more, (laughs) be more of this effusive personality. (laughs) No, Ah. (laughs) it might be energy draining for them. I needed to look at it from a different perspective and understand Mm -hmm. that whatever my personality superpower, if you will, is, or Mm -hmm. my go-to is, is not necessarily always embraced by others, right? And that I may need to turn it off. So it was insightful from the standpoint of just understanding myself a little better and being a little more aware of the situations around me. And it sounds like you went through some of the same process. Yes. Just as you said right there, how powerful is it to become aware of that potential response and then be able to know that when you're getting that from someone, that they might just need to recharge from your immense, incredible energy and that is not something that you need to feel bad about or cause you to feel the need to approach more. It's something you can just accept. And then the question comes to, if awareness is the first step, it should never be the last. Mm -hmm. What's the next step that you take then with that, Roger? Well, I think for me, it encourages me to read more. It encourages Mm -hmm. me to learn more. It encourages me to have more conversations with people, ask more curious type questions. With certain people, I might be able to ask, (laughs) hey, am I coming off a little bold or a little too witty or do I drain you in a kind way? (laughs) I might be able to ask that. Like, Mm -hmm. I noticed you're disengaging a little bit and I've recently learned a little something about myself (laughs) and I'm trying to read the cues right. So what it encourages me to do is take more steps. Mm -hmm. It totally encourages me to take more steps. And to open up. Yeah. Yeah. And that has been difficult along the way. Certainly. And so rewarding. Mm -hmm. 
so rewarding along the way. So it just means that one of the points you had talked about was we should use these tools for more conversation and they shouldn't be tools to box us in. We've talked about that before. And that's what I love about the personality assessments. I think they're an opportunity for us to learn about ourselves as well as how to work with and be with other people in relationships and working relationships, whatever it happens to be, your own personal relationships. I just think they're wonderful tools. Certainly. I feel the same way. And going to what you just shared, and thank you for sharing that, Roger, is when you're aware, you can then share, right? You can't share with someone what's going on or what you're reading or perceiving if you're not aware of it. You sensed it before, but you weren't aware of what was going on. And so now it opens up the opportunity to say, hey, this is what I'm sensing. This is what I'm perceiving based upon what I know about myself and how powerful it is to share that with the person, open up that conversation and let them know that you have that awareness and that it's okay if that's what they're perceiving too. That's it. I love it. It keeps the conversation going. Absolutely. So what would you say are the biggest takeaways that we can have for everyone on this episode? I think as we discussed, using these as tools for conversation rather than as just weeding someone out, knowing that there's more complexity to it and to the person than just their number, their type, the tendency to put them in the box. Avoid that tendency. So use these assessments as an opportunity not to lock you in or lock anyone else in, but rather use them as a tool to unlock you and help unlock others. There's a whole treasure trove in there. Just helps to unlock a little bit more. Secondly, I would say, look to your personality when you see inner conflict. I shared my story about that conflict I was experiencing and the truth was revealed in this awareness tool, this personality awareness tool. And that's happened in other areas too. So when you're sensing inner conflict, look to your personality to see where that might be coming from. That is such great advice, Ariel. Thank you for those takeaways. Until next time, this is Ariel and Roger helping you to master your personality, perspective, and productivity. Thank you for listening. If you want to know more about the podcast, events, workshops, or coaching, visit harnessyourhindrance.com slash mp3. And don't forget to subscribe for the podcast mailing list on our website. I have three asks. I ask that you listen to at least three episodes of this podcast before giving a rating, but then please do. I ask that you share this with three people who may benefit from the conversation you heard today. And I ask that you capture your three takeaways from this content. You may always text message MP3 to 888-523-2494 to stay informed when new episodes come out. Again, thank you for listening.